What's going on, everybody? This is Derek Elston from Ball from Assembly Hall, and I'm proud to tell you that I am Underdog Sports' newest partner. And on top of that, I've got even better news for you. They're currently running a promo right now for all new users. The easiest way for you to get in on this special is by downloading their app using my code BFAH24. That's BFAH24. Even if you've already registered but haven't deposited any money, you can still use the promo. What are you waiting for? Get started today and come play alongside me all season long at Underdog Sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ball from Assembly Hall. Got a little different setup today. Uh, my boy C. Watt uh, caught himself a little bit of the flu bug. Don't know how he gets that. Probably sending the girls off to, I don't know, daycare or something. Come back. I, I hear that's a big thing. We haven't done that yet. We haven't sent Parker off to daycares. But they tell me every time you do that, they come back with a sickness. So sounds like C. Watt got a little bit of the bug. Um, but I wanted to get on here talk a little bit and uh this episode's being filmed uh right after the ohio state win and kudos to iu man uh what an absolute uh just <laughs> grit finally you know We're, we showed some grit there when we went down 12 early uh 15 there at one point just kind of felt like here we go again um and a lot of this episode i do want to talk about kind of you know, former players, what's being said right now about our game against Penn State. But it was easy to see that, you know, this could have been another one of those. Ep um, this could have been another one of those episodes. Yeah, why not? Uh, of just us talking about like, man, we got down. We showed no fight. We got blown out on the road to a bad Ohio State team. But man, shout out to my boy Malik Renew absolutely carrying this team on his back now my man deserves a, a serious shoulder rub because uh, his back has got to be hurting you know he has seriously got this team on his shoulders and look who shows up at the end of the game I know he's not having the game he wants um, you know we we talked about him a lot uh, Anthony Leal with the way he played uh, a couple games ago and he steps up absolutely when we need him Knocks down a huge corner three. Um, if you guys paid attention towards the end of the game, I hope, um, you know, nothing serious comes out from uh, Khalil Ware. Looks like he might have got a little scared. Uh, I know what it's like to catch that fat tire or flat tire. Um, so hopefully it was more of a scared thing. But, man, the Hoosiers showed some fight there. It was awesome to get that win. Um, is it a good win? No. Um, you know, I don't think Ohio State's kind of, uh, a win that you tip your cat to cap to and say like, man, this was, this is going to be huge for us, but it's the big 10 and everybody knows that in the big 10, all it takes is one win. And especially for us right now, we're, we're searching wherever we can to find one and for us to find one on the road, it's big time. So unbelievable comeback from those guys. Um, great win for the Hoosiers uh, just to get one under their belt, get some confidence going in some of these guys and, um, you know, we got a tough schedule coming up, so uh, we're going to need every ounce of confidence that we can get. Uh, the reason why I wanted to come on here and do this solo, even though Christian being sick, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get some stuff off of my chest, too, you know, about kind of what's going on uh, with the Hoosiers, um, who's saying what. Um, uh, Christian and I talk about this all the time on Twitter about how, you know, it's really hard after a game 
to check Twitter, uh, see what people are saying, because it's all just they're crushing everybody from the players to the coaching staff to the head coach and Woody. Uh, Scott Dolson's getting it from all angles. But, um, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, how hard this is. And, and you know, I say that. And then on the flip side, you know, you see, you know, what Woody says, well, I really don't know these guys. And then you look out and you see a butler who um, Thad Mata's first year going in and finding guys in the portal and, and how well they're meshing. And tonight they played UConn and I, I haven't checked the score, but, uh, you know, they got a huge win um, up in Creighton uh, without their best player. So, you know, it's 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 easy to, you know, really jump off of this bandwagon. But, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool that I get to talk to you guys and, and you get to hear it from a player, a players with Christian, but also, you know, me being on the staff um, in the, you know, time that I was there on staff and, and just kind of go and Christian and I like to tell stories of, of how we used to do it and how things used to be like for us. But a lot of these former players get on there and, and uh, you know, Dan Dockage is kind of one of them. And, um, you know, he put Christian and I in a tweet, uh, well, I want to say probably two weeks ago. And, you know, by no means do I do I or Christian have any affiliation with him. Um, me personally, I think what he says is, is very irrational. It's very emotional. Um, and he brings guys on, some former players on, and and they talk about the night days. And, and yeah, I get it. You know, those were the glory days of Indiana basketball. But, you know, we've had some good seasons, too. And, and Christian and I being a part of a lot of those. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool that we get to tell our story and, you know, talk about, you know, some former guys and what things used to be like for Christian and I, and, you know, that 10 years ago, I mean, that seems like only yesterday that we were doing that, but, um, some of the things that, that Dockage says though, although I say that, um, a lot of the things that he says are right. And, and when you look back to the Penn state game, what we did last week and, you know, built a, a huge lead, um, thought for sure this was going to be that one because there's always one in the season where you just catch a team on an off day. Penn State full of, you know, three-star guys, um, you know, not very good, new head coach, still trying to figure out them. So for us to build a 13, 14-point lead before the half, um, you know, yes, I know we didn't take it out like we should have, Penn State, credit to them. They hit a lot of threes there to keep it a game. Uh, but you just had that feeling of, you know, we're going to come out at halftime and we're really going to put them into the ground. And, and you know, to lose the way we did, um, that's the one thing that I think Dockage, uh, you know, his what he said did carry some weight. Um, and one of those things was, you know, what those guys are like um, when you watch them and you watch them without emotion. Um and, you know, I, I, I've got written down here uh, some notes. I mean, we we started five-star, five-star, four-star, four-star, four-star. Um, and nobody, you know, I can promise you, no Hoosier fan really knows um, who anybody on that Penn State team is. Um, and for them not to come out and, and, and get back down or, or shy away from what we were doing, uh, it's, it, you know, pretty worrisome, honestly. Um you know, this team, you know, with the access that they have to Cook Hall and, and we still have those shooting wolves that me and Christian talk about here on this, you know, quite a bit. 
um, you almost wonder like what what's going on. And and there's a story, and this this episode is going to be kind of full of stories here. But um, you know, one thing that that we always did, one of the things that um, one of our coaches did, our assistant coach, Coach Buckley. You know, we had 8 a.m. classes and and, um, you know, Coach Buck would always after every practice, he would just call out a couple names, Derek, Bobby, Christian. And we knew, OK, we're going to wake up in the morning. Uh, we're going to come in around 630, get a little bagel in our system. And, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. I don't want to sit there and tell you that, you know, I was going, you know, balls to the wall and, and you know, we were dying at the end of this workout. But, you know, one thing that, you know kept getting us better and better and better was the amount of time we were spending in the gym with coaches and, and just working on our craft. And, you know, coach Buck would say like, Hey, I, you know, we're not going to be walking around. I don't, I don't want you guys to be in a full sweat either. Um, but we're going to do game like reps and, and we're going to make 200 shots. And when you make 200, get out of here, go to class and, and be ready to go for practice. And so little things like that just make you, you know, I don't know if I really see that. I can't speak for Christian. Um, but for me, with the shooting woes, and it's kind of crazy, right? Because the writing was on the wall early in the season. And, you know, being a former player, Christian and I both know, like, there is that little bit of you that thinks, like, man, these guys are just, they're just looking at the schedule. Um, I don't want Khalil Ware to be playing 30 minutes in a game versus Army. I don't want Malik to be playing 30 minutes against Army. Um, but it, it, you realize, like, holy shit, if, if they didn't, there's a good chance that we lose those games. And so the writing was on the wall early. And from there, it's just, it never has progressed. I think the league had one game where he goes off and has that one, um, you know, kind of asterisk game uh, beside his name of, you know, hitting five threes or something where he just went crazy. But other than that, like you just are constantly one, even in today's game, at some point we were two for 10 from three and Galloway is the one that's making them out of all people. It's like, Man, you know, it's kind of crazy that certain guys are making shots instead of Mbako. Um, you know, Leo didn't have the greatest game. He hit the three that mattered, but, you know, he wasn't shooting the ball particularly well. Gabe Cups, we still haven't really seen him really take off and kind of excel the way we thought he was going to. So, um, you know, with with Cook Hall, with what we were doing with our coaching staff, it, you just, you know, you kind of side-eye some things a little bit. What's crazy to me is uh, the Ken Palm rating. And there's a lot of coaches that believe in it. A lot of coaches that think, uh, it's, you know, it's just a number. Who the hell is going to tell you that, you know, this game is going to end 71-73 with us losing? Like, obviously, you got to play the game. But as it stands right now, Hoosiers are on the verge of finishing worse in the Ken Palm than our 2009-2010 season where Christian and I were freshmen. And... You guys think right now is bad. Like this is like PTSD stuff. When I talk about the old, you know, 10 to 09, 010, 10 to 11 season, um, you know, that's when I think IU basketball was pretty much at rock bottom. And what I said earlier, we didn't have five-star, five-star, you know, Christian and I, yeah, we were four stars. Um, you know, we kind of had to build our bodies around what Coach Cream needed us to do at the time. We just needed to get bigger, stronger. You know, I played my freshman year plus 40 pounds, 40 pounds. You know, I, I, I still see old videos of me with the knee braces on and I've got this wrap around my belly because my back is just 
it's just killing me 24 seven. I, I, I haven't had that pain since, but it's just, you know, doing things that coach cream needed us to do. And when you look at this team, you kind of wonder like, you know, what is actually going on? What, what does matter? And I'll jump back to Dockage too, when I say that, because at that time, that 2009, 2010 season, when we were freshmen, one of the things Dockage did say, you know, I, I felt to my core and, you know, he has said some stuff about guys going out to the bars and, and, you know, I'll get to that here in a little bit, but he was right in saying that when they lost, you know, he was embarrassed. And, and like I said, I felt that to my core because, you know, when we were that bad and, you know, mind you, we won three big 10 games our freshman year for our sophomore year. And I might even be giving us a game there. I think it might have been actually two and then three the next year. It was so embarrassing to go out there and show our face, going to class. It was miserable, absolutely miserable. And, and you know, C and I will talk and, and we'll joke about how hard it was when we were there with Cream. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I was there on staff and I, I know a ton of kids who, you know, they just didn't have time for class. And, and I always used to think to myself, like, Man, you know, it was worse than losing the way we were losing, showing up the next day and, and hearing that you got caught not going to class. It ruined the day for the entire team, right? So we'd just be sitting there on the line, 22s, 17s, make you want to just throw up if you haven't thrown up already. You know, any way that Coach Cream could throw conditioning in there because he was trying to build a culture. And that was one of the big questions with what's going on right now. And I've said this on podcasts before, I don't think Indiana can afford to be the school that has, you know, a revolving door of head coaches. Um, I'm not sure what the culture is right now. Um, but at this point, especially after that Penn State loss, like I said, I don't think the Ohio State win does anything for us. So right now, our only chance of making the tournament is if we win the Big Ten tournament. It's never happened. Um in Indiana history since the Big Ten had come out, the Big Ten tournament has come about. So you almost think to yourself, okay, well, if we're going to really just kind of throw the season out, like you almost want Woody to do it his way, right? You, you want Woody to take the reins and just say, hey, I'm going to get these guys who I know are going to be here for the next year, and I want to develop them, and, and, and i got to get this started right now or else who knows what the future of Indiana basketball looks like. I certainly don't. And the reason why I say it is because, you know, that's what Coach Crean did. And again, like, uh, Dockage, Brian, um, Leary, Todd Leary got on his show last week. Like, those guys are, are, a lot of those guys, you know, I know they love the program. I know it means the world to them, but, you know, Bob Knight's not walking through that building anymore, figuratively and literally. You know, RIP to one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. But those guys just, he's not walking through that door anymore. And, you know, you have what you have. So you got to get behind this program. And that's ultimately what I want. Like, I, to my core, I want Indiana to be as fun as it was when we had it rolling our junior and senior year. I just don't know what it looks like on the inside anymore. So I'm just on the outside looking in, hoping that it gets better. But I just, I don't see it. And, you know, a lot of the times for us, we used to be scared to death. 
you know, you break a rule, you go out and you drink, like even after a win, you know, our junior and senior year, once we actually got it going and, and it looked the way that we had set out for it to look, especially our freshman year, I'll never forget the intro where we were saying like, hey, we're here to change this program around no matter what. That's just the type of player that Crean recruited. And so to see it now, you're just like, I don't know what that thought process is of these players. And for us, a lot of it was scared. We were scared. We, we, if we got, if we were outside drinking, we got caught drinking, you have no idea what would happen to you. And luckily for us, never really happened. You know, we, we made sure if we were getting in trouble, we made sure we rolled together in a crew to where it would never come out if we did. Fortunately enough for us, we had a group of guys that were so close knit. Nobody was ever out by themselves. Nobody was ever doing really anything stupid. And I say that because we never got caught. Obviously, we were doing stupid stuff, but we were always in a group with guys who, you know, were looking after everybody. So situations like that, obviously different times, but it never got out because, you know, we didn't allow that to for ourselves. So, you know, we got a couple bad apples on the team, have done some stupid things and made some mistakes. But, you know, you always wonder, like, how does that stuff really ever happen when you are just supposed to be so close knit? You've got all these goals. You've got unbelievable players this year. You really do. You've got really good. You think we wouldn't have killed to have a Khalil Ware, a Malik Renu when we were freshmen? You know, we had Mo Creek who did what he did against Kentucky, but you know, got injured and, you know, we were good, but we were also going up against dudes that were, you know, competing for national championships. That, that Ohio state team was unbelievable. Michigan had some really good teams, Michigan state with Draymond unbelievable. So we knew we were, you know, our backs were against the wall every day. And the funny thing is, you know, I still talk with players. I obviously I've talked with the players, but you know, um, Working in the banking industry, you know, I work for Merchants Bank of Indiana. It's funny because I'll talk to a lot of people. I'll get connected to somebody somehow, and I'll get this question of, are you the Derek Elston from Indiana basketball? I say, yeah, that's me. And we'll take a meeting, and we'll meet, we'll shake hands. And, you know, it's it's funny to hear that I was, you know, somebody's favorite player. I'm, I'm nowhere near the level of Christian playing behind, you know, Will, Cody, Vic, Jordo. Um, I mean, that roster alone right there, it's like, man, if, if, if you can out-compete those guys, you're pretty damn good. And so I'll talk to people and they'll say, you know, you were one of my favorite players. And I always think that they're blowing smoke. So I play the game and, yeah, that you know, uh, yeah, I appreciate it, yeah. And then it gets real sentimental. And they'll say, I know you guys were – we're in the dumps. Um, I know you guys had some really, really hard seasons. But one thing that always sticked out to me was how hard you played and how like just what it meant for you. And yeah, a lot of people will say, like, dude, you were scared. Nobody was messing with you. You always looked like you were pissed off at the world and, you know, diving for loose balls and not afraid to get in somebody's face. And I don't know. I, I guess, you know, for me. I just named off that roster. And then if you want to go even further into our careers, you know, you got Yogi, you know, you got some of these, some of the best names that have come through that program in a very long time. I played alongside. So I knew 
from the get-go, especially when Cody got in there. I was going to play behind Cody. Okay. I don't see myself playing that long, but I know when I get that opportunity to get out there, everything mattered to me. Everything, every rebound, a guy scored on me. I just felt like everybody was just laughing at me. And I, I'm an overthinker. So, you know, that's part of it, but you know, everything just meant the world. And, and if it was five minutes, if it was 20 minutes, you know, I remember I, I Cody got in foul trouble and, and I had to guard Sollinger for, you know, most of the second half when we played Ohio State and they were ranked fifth our junior year. And just I don't want to say I shut him down, but I worked my ass off to make sure he got everything towards the bucket was going to just be the hardest foul he had taken. I wasn't going to let him do anything easy it, just because it meant the world to me that, you know, Coach Crean had trusted me to be on that floor. And and I think that's where a lot of these issues come in. And, and obviously, I'm a small sample size, but that's what I mean when I say, like, the fans are so frustrated because you don't really see that fight right now. You know, it, it's hard for people to understand how we could have such a good roster with these five stars. And, you know, uh, some of these guys are going to take off after one year. And, and then you look out and you see and it's like, man, that just doesn't really add up, does it? Like you can be so good. And yet we we're going to fall to a Penn State team at home. You know, it's just it's. It's weird that that's even coming out of my mouth, and especially when we talk all the time on this podcast about how hard it is to win on the road. And, you know, Leary said it in the podcast with Dockage. He said, like, people knew when you came to Indiana, you weren't going to get a win. And I still think that that's true today. I think, you know, 17,000 behind you, our fan base is unbelievable every game. Even, you know, go back to our freshman and sophomore year when we were absolute dog shit. We were selling out. Because it meant the world that Indiana basketball was taking the court that night. Did we get the win? Obviously, just what, three times, maybe. But still, they showed up. And so they're giving it their all to show up and get behind this team. And at some point or another, you got to realize, like, this has to mean more than just, I don't know, the NIL money. What you look like when you go out. Like, it, it, it starts with this guy. It starts with the group in the locker room getting behind one another. And, you know, for some of these guys, maybe it is a little too late. But the younger guys got to take these feelings, especially after Penn State. You lose like that. Like when we lost to Ohio State, I want to say it was it was my freshman or sophomore year. We were down 40. And David Lighty gets a steal at the end of the game and goes up and try to windmill dunk it and missed it. And that just like Coach Green obviously was pissed off. We came back to the locker room and he's ripping us a new asshole, but he didn't have to. Like we had a group of guys in here that we were just like, that is so embarrassing. And then the next game we had Wisconsin at home and they did the same thing. So after a while, it just so many of these embarrassing moments, you just realize I have to live in the gym so I don't have this feeling anymore. And I hope at some point that flip, that switch gets flipped, you know, because we can do it. Obviously, I, I don't think that that this is a, a, a good Ohio State team that we got the win, but we got the win on the road. But we've seen it when we played against Kansas. You've seen it from time to time in the Big Ten. Just how do we put it all together and how do we get a group of guys that just want nothing more than to turn that program around? And now I know. 
I ranted for what, 20 some minutes. Who am I? You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm a nobody from Indiana basketball. Um, I just lived it. I, it was my dream to, you know, eventually it turned into my dream uh, to play there, to play in front of my family, to play in front of my home state, to represent Indiana. And, you know, I, you know, I can't say enough about what it meant to me as a player to put on that jersey and to reap the fruits of our labors. And Christian and I, you know, towards the end of the season, we've already talked about putting together a, you know, another podcast where we go on and we just tell old stories and, you know, dive a little deeper. I think, you know, statute of limitations that let us talk a little bit more about what we were going through and, and what Coach Cream was like. And, you know, not the shit on him, just, you know, tell how it was. That's what we do. We, we tell it like it was, but it just meant the world to both of us to, to play. And, and I know Christian from out of state, um, but once he finally started to get a taste of what it could be like, it just, I mean, you go to the gym, you go to cook hall at 12 o'clock at night, Vic and Seawater are working out. And, you know, I walk in there with Jordan and, and, you know, we got no problems doing a little two on two, a little putting us, you know, grabbing a manager, Seth, Will, you know, grabbing these guys and, and doing a five man workout. That's just, that was the culture that we had. And, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to the time where we get that back, but, um, you know, hopefully that changes coming sooner rather than later. So sorry for the rant. Uh, just wanted to get that off my chest, hear it from, you know, a guy who's done it. Um, you know, wish Christian could have been in here to, you know, kind of give his two cents on it. And maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more when he's healthy. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, we have the opportunity to do it. Um, you know, we've got good players. We've got a great coaching staff. I know everybody's talking shit about them, but they are a great coaching staff. Nobody wants to go out there and lose the way we're doing it. Um, so I know it can be done. It's just, you got to set it now or else, you know, kind of just falls off the rails and you just hope you get a win like you did. You know, that's me. Um, you know, thanks for listening to my little rant there, you know, ball from assembly hall on all, you know, podcasts, uh, diesel 32 on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I know Christian and I have talked about, you know, getting, um, some questions here from the fan base. So, you know, we would love to talk to you. Love to talk to uh, you about what you see out there, kind of give our two cents on it and, uh, you know, continue to root these guys on because, you know what, although, you know, the tournament might be out of reach, um, they're still our guys. So we love them. We're going to back them no matter what and just pray for, you know, these wins to keep piling up like they are. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Ball from Assembly Hall.